Johnny's favorite show, for as long as he could remember, was Noel Edmonds' house party. Well, wasn't it all? It was a Saturday tea time pastime that Johnny shared with his parents, and for the most part he didn't think anything of it. That is, until a certain episode in 1992, when Mr. Blobby came to town. From the moment he first saw him, Johnny was enamoured by the blundering, nonsensical pink being. Was he a man? Of this earth, even? Did it matter? He was always warm, down for a laugh. He was your friend. You loved him. By 1995, the nation had joined in Johnny's enthusiasm. Blobby Mania, some called it. There was a series, a number one hit single, and, of course... Blobbyland. Nestled away in the sleepy town of Cricket St. Thomas in Somerset, Blobbyland was an expansion of the exciting Farthing Wood theme park, a predecessor to Peppa Pig World, some would say. Johnny begged his parents for what felt like years to go, but the idea of a bank holiday weekend in Somerset somehow didn't appeal to them. He eventually grew out of his passion for the elusive pink creature then shelved with the likes of Basil Brush and Paul McCartney, but never let go of his fascination for theme parks. He became an avid fan of urban explorers, overnight challenges in Disney parks and exploring abandoned buildings. At some point, Johnny saw a BuzzFeed article entitled The Rise and Fall of Blubbyland, where he learned that due to lack of funding, upkeep and general interest, the park had been left in a sorry state of abandon. What pictures remained showed graffiti, overgrown benches, and a grim demise for the kingdom, nay, the empire, of the pink and yellow creature. In light of all this, Johnny decided to marry his two ambitions. Urban exploration, meet Blobbyland. Johnny would be the first, the trendsetter. He booked off a long weekend, got the train to Somerset with a change in Reading, and loaded up with camping equipment, tortures the works. Monster Ripper in hand and with the assurance that security would be pretty relaxed around a 25-year-old abandoned theme park expansion, he hopped the fence and trod on sacred ground. Graffiti and nature had taken back some of the areas. The crinkly bottom sea life show was a cesspit of moss and algae. Johnny pressed on, determined to find Mr. Blobby's house. The lion's den. His white whale. The evening waned. A gentle dusk settled over the South English countryside, and Johnny had to light a torch app on his phone. His house loomed over the land like a viscous pink frog, but to his surprise, inside there was already a camp set out. Was someone else here? No, the sleeping bag was dirty. But still whole. Upon inspection, it wasn't a bag at all, rather a nest, made out of twigs and leaves. Around it were pictures and pictures, piled up high in something of a shrine, all pictures of Noel Edmonds? Could it be? Something scuffled past behind Johnny. He turned on his heel, quick as a flash, but there was nothing. Rats? Blobby rats? Probably. Johnny poked further into the shrine, and there it was. The crowning achievement of any Mr. Blobby collector. 
The Blobby Phone. Mr. Blobby used to call all his friends on that device. Johnny asked for an aversion from Argos for his eighth birthday. His mother instead made him a paper mache version. He never forgave her. A relic, to be sure, but who would miss it? He stashed it away in his bag and pressed on. He set up camp by the crinkly bottom town hall, the mayor of his own town. Here he was. Could he be the first recorded overnight camper in Blobbyland? Then that pesky rustling again. The light outside his tent winked. Shoot, Johnny thought. Shoot and blast. Have security descended to pay him a visit? On tonight of all nights? He gently edged his nose out of the tent, followed by the rest of his face, and saw it. There it was, in the dim, flickering glow of a floodlight. Gangly features, scraggly beard, surrounded by... Were those numbered red boxes all around him? It can't be. Johnny called out, Mr. Edmonds? The figure shuddered, spooked almost, like a rabbit caught in headlights and fled off into the night. The next hour was tense, Johnny tentatively searching the park up and down, shining a light on every corner of this abandoned, formerly safe place, now a prison, a trap. He was trapped here with a figure that wanted to hurt him. Who knows? What he did know was that, for now, the figure had left. Huddled in his tent, alone, Johnny reflected on his life choices. Next year he would go to the Canary Islands, or Scarborough, somewhere warm. He would lie on a beach for a week, listen to some Dua Lipa, and forget all about this. With that thought, Johnny closed his eyes and began to drift off. The noise which he had heard outside all night suddenly screeched at a blood-curdling and overpowering volume. Without having to open his eyes, he knew. The sound did not come from the woods. It came from within the tent. Johnny was never seen or heard from again. England is old. It has an ancient and hidden history of peoples and places long forgotten. Stonehenge, Adrian's Wall, Blobbyland, but perhaps some traces of those that came before remain. Isolated and alone in the bitter wilderness, should you ever wish to wander the hills, forests, or indeed roller coasters of this old country, bear one thing in mind. If you find a collection of headshots heaped together, not unlike a grave, and they are surrounded by trinkets of modernity, a sleeping bag, food cans, or perhaps even an old bike with the name Johnny etched into it, walk on. Do not look back. Do not touch anything, whether it is an interesting stone, a simple piece of forest wood, or a pink and yellow novelty phone. Above all else, most certainly never take a souvenir, for those who lie in slumber nearby may just want to take one from you.